0: Hello and welcome to the week 10 edition of Spitball. <laughs> I'm your host, Adri Paul-Hawk-Mallows, and with me, as always, Marcus Ione, Fantasy Football Henson. How are you, buddy? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Good. Good. How's your week been, sir? It's
1: been all right. Yes, it's been very good. Good. Yes. I, I can't think of any adjectives to put to that.
0: Well, how about Alabama losing? I'm sure we're both excited about that. Gobsmack
1: that was. Yeah. Johnny Football doing his thing. Fair play to him. I mean, the whole team really put um, a great, solid effort into that, I think. That was really impressive. Yeah, so, uh,
0: no turnovers. Showed LSU how it's done. <laughs> Keep hold of the ball
1: and put pressure on them. does tend to help when you do those things, doesn't it, to win a football game?
0: Yeah, no turnovers. And it also makes that comment that was made that Alabama could beat an NFL team quite laughable when they can't even beat someone who's not even in their division in college football.
1: Yes. Yes, I think that's 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 the way to put it, really, is that you've got to be able to... Uh, with that sort of bragging rights, you've really got to, you've got to sign the cheque at the end of the day, haven't you? Absolutely. Well,
0: we'll move swiftly away from college football, but I just had to get that out there because being a Notre Dame fan, I was so happy that Alabama lost because now it puts in the top three. Now all we need is the Oregon Ducks <laughs> to lose, or maybe Kansas, and then we can get into the top two and get into the bowl game, so... I have to wait and see what happens there moving swiftly back to the NFL let's dive straight in with our offensive impact player player
1: what have you got for us this week my friend right diving straight into it getting things rocking and rolling I was really impressed I mean there was a lot of lot of, lot of offensive output this week which is great because I don't know if anyone saw the incentive that the NFL was, was running over what they call veterans weekend over there Kind of yeah, a, our the, version of Remembrance Weekend. Yeah, that's it.
0: Three hundred. Th- uh, so th- three. Yeah, three hundred dollars per F- point.
1: Three hundred dollars. Well, they basically they had three charities and they were going to give each charity a hundred bucks per point. And literally by about the end of the first set of games, they they were already up into the hundreds of thousands for each charity. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Great cause. So absolutely, kudos for the NFL for for putting into that sort of that partnership and like really making it something special. And also for all your offensive guys. For for going out there and doing your bit for charity,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think in particular the tight ends impressed me this week. Mm. There was a few Tony Gonzalez, Jimmy Graham, yeah, they all seem to be making
1: some really good plays. Absolutely. One, I mean when we go go look at the impact uh, players of this week, I couldn't help but there was uh, there was one game I kept coming back to, and it seems to be the focal point for this for this uh, the sort of awards th- this week. And it just so goes that I'm going to start off with my second place, so my silver medalist. Not quite the impact player of the week. And that goes to Mr. Adrian Peterson, Minnesota Vikings.
0: Yeah, had a great game this week. Really starting to re-emerge finally after sort of five, six weeks after his injury. Really getting back into the swing of things.
1: Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's why it was. I mean, we, we talked about this. I mean, we had 171 yards off 27 carries and a touchdown. And the stats are really good. But like you said, you're looking as well. These things is for a person who comes in and makes an impact on the team and it just seems to be that this Vikings team when they've got him firing does so much more when, when we've watched them in the last couple of weeks when people have been able to kind of limit him then you, you see the production of the entire team seem to go down absolutely because it can't all rely on Ponder unfortunately no no unfortunately not but also there's you know there's uh, Percy Harvin was injured he was uh, inactive so you, you, you saw that sort of was lost so they did put a lot on the weight of peterson and then i'd say the defense respectively and so i'd have to say the guy stepped up to the mark he sort of delivered when he was asked to and so that hence why you know he's definitely in with a shout this week but not quite number one because for our aptly named megatron award this week's offensive impact player is player! Mr. Calvin Johnson himself Megatron it's your award you've won it i mean look the way it's we were talking uh, before we were talking about the madden curse and how how what what's this year going to be like for him i mean going back to the stats we had 207 yards and a touchdown working on though this is what the stat really got me 17.3 yards Per catch. Yeah. I mean, that is just amazing the way he's actually sort of making a presence felt. I mean, we were sitting there, we were mocking it. Is the, the Madden curse real or not? And now I know they didn't get the win out, but I honestly think, had he not been on fire as it is, it wouldn't have been such a close game because there was a lot of throws looking at the highlights, which were really tough. I don't think most, even NFL caliber, wide receivers are making those catches, but he was, and he's putting in the extra effort. There's a few times he really put his body out there to take a, a brutal hit, and you know, those that Viking defense is hard hitting, yeah. And so I really think that, like I said, this this match kept taking my eye to some real impact players, and I think that it really asserted that you know screw the curse, I'm coming in, I'm gonna try and you know win something for my team this year. And, and for that, I think the guy has to win his own own award this week because he showed that this is why the award's named after me, because I can do this.
0: Absolutely, and let's not forget as well that he is actually the leading receiver in the NFL yardage-wise, albeit he now only has two touchdowns to his name this year. But the curse seems to, as I said before, it's not necessarily going to affect him as a player, but it affects him as a team, hence why, despite a 207-yard performance, they still didn't come up with a win.
1: I know, I mean, and again, that is just... that's, That's the sort of falling at the last hurdle. But again, as you're saying... I'm looking for someone to create an impact for uh, to to win this award, and I think if he keeps playing like this, you have to think that the, the result's going to follow.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, time will tell on that one, but I'm still sticking true to the Madden cover curse, and they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Megatron could get 2,000 receiving yards if he likes, but it's still not going to make a difference.
1: I don't know, I might be coming around to it. I might be coming around to it. I think, again, we've had a couple of people talk to us about what they think, but everyone else out there, I mean, we'd love to hear from more people On this discussion, Madden Curse, is it real, is it not? You let us decide on... By emailing us at bullhawksnest at gmail.com By tweeting me at
0: Adrie Or leaving some feedback on the website Awesome Yeah, so let's dive straight in again then to the next
1: impact player Working on the defence this time, yeah? Yeah, our Ray Lewis Award Mr Lewis Award, yes Defensive impact Impact player. player Absolutely So... Um, defensively this week, there was a lot of sort of big plays. Actually, it was quite a quite a, a shogunistic sort of output from the defenses this week. I don't know if they wanted to get on the board with the scoring system as well, do their bit for charity. But there was there was a lot of returns for touchdowns. Great to see. It's always a fan favourite. And There's a few bits and pieces that I managed to pick out this week. And I'm going to start over again with my silver medalist, my almost nearly Mr. Lewis for the week. Is and that, that's going to go to Mr. Lawrence Timmons, Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Now the reason why again was this guy had four tackles, three assists and an interception in overtime, which was quite crucial because as we're saying, for impact for for the in the in the terms of impact, this really swung the game because they were driving we could have seen Kansas City cause some kind of upset or at least put that extra pressure on with the new system that everyone gets a drive now. Yeah. But that stopped it dead, that allowed then Pittsburgh just to sit there and go, Great, all we need is a field goal, they got it, bang. Put a W in your column. Yeah, they had one play after his interception before they then kicked the field goal, didn't they? So. Exactly. But again, sometimes that's all you need. But it was at a time that was crucial to the game. Not only that, is he? He was in involved very much within the game. You know, working through the the the, the front seven. He's he's making himself known, making a presence for himself. So um, and then you're coming up, you're stepping up on that clutch play, and when you needed to make the play, he did. So there there's there's just one other person who really sort of stood out to me so unfortunately silver medals for you Mr Timmons and we're going to give our Mr Lewis aptly you can wear this with pride for the week it's going to go to Mr Paul Kruger Baltimore Ravens
0: wow a fellow raven
1: yeah fellow raven so I've sticked very heavily into the FC North here the reason why again I mean I'm not just some of the stats really did jump out to me, but again, you're watching the highlights and, or, or watching the way that the game progressed. I mean, this was very much in, in Baltimore's favour, but the guy had uh, five tackles, an assist, two sacks and an interception, and, and Carson Palmer didn't have his greatest day, but it didn't help when this guy was literally getting in his face and just making him have to think twice. You get two sacks, you're getting into there, and then once you're dropping back into that pass coverage, you're, you're picking off for an interception. I have to say, yeah, you've done better than me this week with the
0: defensive impact player because I couldn't think of one, so I went with 11. 11? I, <laughs> I went with the Titans' defence oh. for my defensive impact player because of the four turnovers they had against Miami. They kept Tannehill to minimum yardage and just really made the whole Tanner team Hill yeah, I think Tannehill helped keep him to minimum yardage there. But yeah, I think between them, I think as, as always this season, they seem to be showing that they are a a defense to be reckoned with when they when they turn on the Jets.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's a case of it's that uh, productivity each week that just really needs to be sort of worked into because you have week a great week and then a bad week and it just needs to be um, kept consistent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So aptly fitting for a fellow Raven to be win defensive impact, impact player.
1: Where it with pride. You are our Mr. Ray Lewis for the week. Mr. Paul Kruger there. Awesome. And sticking with
0: the AFC North, actually, for my offensive impact player. Wonder what your thoughts on this. I went with Andy Dalton this week as really? my offensive impact player with his four touchdowns against the Giants. Way managed the game, twenty-one of thirty completions, and just through four to four different receivers as well for each different touchdown. So it wasn't just heavily relying on AJ Green. It wasn't as if he's just gonna throw the ball up there, sort of to a Megatron style. Yeah. AJ Green is effectively the next Megatron, just throwing it up there saying, Go get it, son, but no, spread it around nicely. Hawkins, Green, a couple of other receivers as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was all over. It was one of those somewhat what we call, uh, I guess you could call it, an upset. I mean, it, it just really favoured for, for Cincinnati to come in and dominate this. They were on a, a bad losing streak. Giants were coming in, winning games looking rusty, and, you know, they were somehow bodging it together. Uh, Manning was on a definite downturn where his yardage performance touchdowns weren't going in the favour. They seemed to be spluttering on offence. Uh, and literally at the same time, it seemed they came to Cincinnati and no one had a clue. Yeah. because the defense didn't know how to stop it. Ben Jarvis, Greeners didn't have a, like an outstanding game but he broke a couple of nice 10-yard sort of, um, runs and plus. Mm. Um, so what you got? he was he was also causing them concerns because they had to think about that run game. You know, he's a big back and he's a big boy. You've got to think about what he's going to do not just all about uh, Dalton. But yeah, fair play to Dalton. He came in. The Giants defense isn't exactly a bad defense either. No. It's, it's not one that you'd sit there and go, oh, he only threw. You know, it's like, we look at what they did against Dallas to know that they're yeah. not exactly a bad defense. Exactly, I mean, it was like uh, going sticking with AFC North. Uh, the outcome this week of the Ravens. Yeah, what a 55 blowout. Point, 55 points on the Raiders. But you can almost say with the Raiders' defense, they're really lacking in the secondary. And it's just, it's it's definitely, it needs a lot of rebuilding, you know. Some of the foundations are a little bit shaky, so they they have to go back and rebuild it. Giants, I would actually have to say that they got a fairly good foundation. They've got some great names. They've got a, a decent secondary, which should be able to hold most passing games to sort of at least average turnout. Not to sort of the... The dominance that um, Dalton was finding himself in on Sunday.
0: No, and they've got a front four in uh, Usymanara and
1: Tuck, Pierre Paul. Pierre Paul just the names should just be put. Should just I mean that Cincinnati, uh, the Bengals front um, five on offense. Really, honestly, they are. They've got some really good guys in there, but there's a lot of sort of new guys coming in through to the system and of course I don't know, being never playing offensive line, I don't know how tricky it is to adapt to, to new coaches coming in and putting their swing on things but I'd like to think that the way that the guys have all gelled together I mean there's been some, I wasn't very high in in faith because there's been some points this this year where Dalton's spent a lot of time on the turf. Yeah. And you know, through no fault of his own, he's not a predominantly long hold of the ball or or the rookie jitters. It's just most of the time he has had a setback with protection. Yeah. Um. There's been a lot of interceptions caused by throwing off the back foot due to pressure as well. Um. Again, they sometimes are on him because that's when you got to throw the ball away and play smart sign But at the same time. You have to say, given the protection, you see what he can do. Yeah, and it also helps that Eli
0: Manning has now not thrown a touchdown in three games.
1: Yes, I mean, where is that going? Is that dependent on receivers not working for him? Is that protection not working for him? I mean, you have people. You've got Cruz, you've got Knicks, you've got big names. These people that are coming out flaring at the beginning of the season. From what I've seen, though, it does actually seem to be on Eli Manning
0: himself. Because last year, in the clutch situations, you could always rely on Eli Manning on a third down, fourth down, or to get in towards the end of the game, you can rely on him bringing the team back. But
1: this year, it just doesn't seem to have the accuracy on those important throws. There was a lot of dodgy throws, wasn't there? Yeah, There was absolutely. a lot of dodgy throws. If um, anyone listening to this hasn't seen it, just go um, onto NFL, have a look at some of the highlights, or lowlights, I guess, for, for Manning was, and you'll you see what we mean. You'll see there's just a slight... Inaccuracy, as you were saying, but also there's there's a slight timing miscue in a lot of them mm-hmm. where you can tell that the receiver's thinking one Mississippi two and Manning's throwing it on one Mississippi. Yeah. And it's just you're like, no. Or he's not counting mississippi Lee. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking of Manning's, we can't not mention Peyton Manning again this week. Wow, I feel.
0: yes. Another great game for him and the Broncos.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the few also um, away teams to come away with victory this week.
0: Yeah, there seems to be a big... Correlation this week, this sorry, this season with home teams coming away with the win. So if you're not yeah. picking at least sort of sixty, seventy percent of the home teams to win, you're not going to be doing very
1: well with yeah, your predictions. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of crazy. Minus, of course, the um, the tie in San Francisco. Yeah. I think the only two um, away teams to win were the Titans and uh, Denver this week. Yeah, I think you're right. So um, I mean, yes, people do talk about home field advantage being important, but. Wow, I've never seen it this prominent before. No,
0: likewise. It's never never seemed to have been like this before. Not Certainly not last year or the years I
1: can remember. No, but um, back to your Manning point. Yes, I mean, the guy, there was a few... It was just the one touchdown, but at the same time, over 300 yards and great game management, really, is all you have to say about that. I mm. mean, it was a confident win, 22 points strong over Carolina in a 36-14 win. It's, it's, it wasn't by anywhere, say... A devastating blowout, but at the same time, it's nowhere near a close game. I mean, it's just um, a well-designed. Defensively, I think Broncos are coming on super.
0: They were giving Cam Newton absolute hell, weren't they? Paul oh, Miller it's, was everywhere.
1: It was, it was beautiful to watch. If you're a defensive player and you like watching defensive play, it was brilliant to watch. But literally, that's coming a nicely all-rounded team. That really is. I think 6-3, and three, aren't they, the current stand? I believe so, yeah. Uh, I do honestly think with San Diego getting beat... What Tampa Bay. Um, yeah that's it I was trying to think who beat them by Tampa Bay you had Raiders go down to Baltimore and Kansas City Should we, we should rephrase that and say bow down to Baltimore bow really. down to Baltimore <laughs> it really was and then Kansas City sort of throwing away a chance to get a, a well you know big upset win in Pittsburgh you have to say that what do you call it that, di- uh, that conference division sorry not conference that division it's kind of theirs to sort of like run away with really and you'd like to see what Peyton Manning can do because I'm sure he'll want to try and seed himself as high as possible just to try and see if he can limit himself you know if he can get that second seed in the AFC they'll gladly take it ergo missing another round of games I'm sure coming up to the fe- uh, to the to the end of the season yes he's performing really well but a couple of games under his belt extra games you know does the wear and tear start to show?
0: I think we could be seeing personally Texans and New England Patriots as one and two, and then you would have Broncos, you would have uh, Ravens as the other division winners, and then your wild cards is going to be a little bit more
1: tricky. Well, see, I don't know that when you say that because the way I like, I definitely like Houston for number one, but um, you've now got Pats and Broncos at six and three, and I wasn't overly convinced by the Pats' victory. But the last
0: three seasons under Chan Gailey the one thing this is why it goes back to why I wanted him to maybe be an offensive coordinator is since we've had Chan Gailey in charge and it coincides I suppose with the fact that the Pats D isn't all that great hmm. but Gailey always finds a way to expose the Pats D and in the last three seasons we have been able to rack up a decent amount of points against the Patriots yeah so I think that's more maybe down to Gailey rather than other teams also rather
1: than the Pats being that bad again uh, yes I mean it depends but put it out to you guys uh, listening at home who, do you, uh, who would you favour we'll see if we can get a, a swing going on here uh, who who puts who is your number two seed are you seeing Patriots sitting on top of that pretty crown there with um, just under the Texans or do you like Broncos let us know on email us at bullhawksnest at gmail dot com
0: tweet me at or leave a comment on the blog or there's a feedback form as well for you awesome yeah so other games of note this week? What tickled your fancy?
1: And uh, the games that sort of really sort of went off this week? Yeah, I'd have to say Falcons losing. We talked about this last week about how important this game would be, but there was no more undefeated team this this, and it was close. I mean, literally down to the one yard line, close.
0: Yeah, they put an egg on my face this week, didn't they? Saying they could probably be thirteen and zero
1: with two games against the Saints. And yet they found a way to lose to the Saints. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, I mean that was it was a beautiful offensive, a defensive display first by um, Breeze. But what about Ivory coming out? That run was awesome. Yeah, the fifty-six yard, fifty-six uh, or fifty-nine yards. I think oh, certainly like that uh, again. That's another highlight for you guys to to check up on um, online. It's absolutely amazing run. Lots of broken tackles and great ball carrier vision there. Yeah, absolutely but it had to be the sort of the real sort of dominant feature this week it had to be the it was, because you're sitting there going, divisional matches, we love them, because you saw the hate in each other, they were absolutely dogged from the start, there was jaw every tackle was getting a sort of a response, it was great to watch. And at the same time, you're watching to see, I think a lot of people, minus you, uh, you Falcons fans, a lot of people wanted to see maybe the upset, didn't they? Yeah,
0: of course, yeah. I mean, cause... I must
1: admit, I do love an underdog coming back to win. Yeah,
0: the Saints are, unfortunately, the underdog at the moment, but just because of their season record so far, really. Uh, I,
1: yeah, I guess as well as being the predominant this year's bad boys. Yeah, and Lance Moore's catch, though. Have you seen that oh, one-handed catch? Yeah. Yes, I mean, that's what I mean. It's just there was you could tell the Saints really turned up to play. They wanted it more, almost. They wanted it more. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much on the ground from turnouts, really. I thought that that Saints' run defence should have got exploited and literally, the guy is literally turning out peanuts. And yeah. I, I, I know that once the Falcons started getting behind, they did put it into the hands of Matt Ryan a lot more. I think the dividend turned out to be something like um, 20 to 80%, you know, run-pass combo. Mm-hmm. So you're saying 80% of, of it was thrown, and Roddy White was having a brilliant game.
0: Yeah, would it have been a different outcome, maybe, had
1: uh, Julio Jones not gone down in the first quarter with a leg injury because he was out for the best mm-hmm. part of two quarters yeah. after that? I don't know, because... Did that mean that someone else could have taken the chance to stand up? I mean, who uh, was it? The guy Douglas was it? Harry Douglas. Had D- a few Harry good Douglas catches, had a few yeah. good catches, and he had the one where he, he he had the one on the one yard line. You know, do you say that Julio Jones turns that into a touchdown? I don't know. I can say that. I think that was great pressure defense on the Saints to realize where they were, how close he was, and to stop him. And uh, I'm I'm glad they didn't call a fumble on that because he was clearly down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Any other games this week that you thought...
1: Yes. Um, Seattle. Demolishing the Jets. Yeah. I know actually. you as a Bill fans, I can... For everyone at home, you can't see the smile on Adri's face. But <laughs> trust me, it envelops the entire face. Um, literally. It was terrible. I mean, I know the rain was coming down and the whole Seattle rain. And Questfield is the most noisiest place in the league. And it's so hard to play there. But, I mean, come on. Jesus. The offensive output didn't hurt a Did you miss the plane?
0: Yeah, they they, were, they didn't even score, did they? The, the only defense score came scored. On score. The defense
1: scored. I was terrible. I mean, firstly, Tim Tebow. If you're going to use Tim Tebow, give him more than one play to run. They run it four times the same play. Outlet, uh, uh fake the outlet towards either the um, the screened receiver. Yeah. Or he's going to clutch play it and take it for a run up the middle himself in a sort of not quite draw-ish way, but not quite a fake at the same time it was kind of like optionated you and I can throw it or run it
0: yeah I don't think Rex Ryan wants to admit it but it's Tebow time Tebow will get that team wins I don't care what anyone says Tebow's a proven winner at Denver if you can take last year's Denver side and take him to the playoffs and win against let's not forget he beat the Steelers last beat the Steelers year, albeit because they were playing one safety for ages and they thought well Tim Tebow can't pass and went well actually oh crap yeah he won the Heisman Trophy didn't he as a quarterback oh whoops so they had to start playing two safeties again. But Tim Tebow will get that side wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly... If not for his inspiration, more than anything, just the fact that you know you've got a quarterback there who will do anything to get that win. He'll put his body on the line. Would Would Sanchez, can you see Sanchez no. going for a scramble and putting his body on the line no, for a no, one-yard
1: diving touchdown like Tebow would? I think also as well, the problem is the more you sit Tebow on the side and try and use him as this... Um, I don't know the utility sort of player utility I guess? player is yes that's how they termed it didn't they utility player Oh, what load of rubbish that is but it seems to me the guy's head is going to go down because he's not feeling like he's really contributing he knows that he can be out there and he wants to like you said he's willing to put it all on the line and he's sitting there on the sidelines oh I'm going to come in for I think he came in for about 9 plays in total it wasn't many it was definitely single figure plays yeah and you're sitting there going I'm coming in for 9 plays go wants it more you know and I'm thinking, I, I'm, I'd love to put a microphone inside that, that locker room and hear what the, the, they actually think, what the, the ethos is, what are they feeling. You can't feel good when you're going to go across half the country, long plane trip to just go there and not really commit. I mean, Sanchez, I'm sorry, I'm not just put it all on him. You know, the offensive line didn't really find ways to, you know, get Sean Green exploding out of the, the blocks mm-hmm. because he's been a great weapon for them because he's really started to come along. And I think I've expressed how, you know, a couple, even last week or the week before, how I really think he could really start to envelop and round out that offence. Yeah. But if, the problem is that if they're going to shut down the pass... You can't then go to the run because they can shut that down too. I mean, Seattle is a good defense. Yeah, very good defense. Give them all the credit. Yeah. Give them all the credit. They are a very good defense, and I think most people would find trouble, um, you know, working on them. But there have been teams that beat Seattle, you know, who have had averages. I will put my hand on my heart and say, St. Louis beat them, and the offensive is average, you know? Yeah. So you don't have to have the most explosive. You don't have to have a. Um, you know what a Green Bay offence a very explosive predominantly high scoring offence what happened there but on the flip side you would yeah. say that St. Louis's receivers are a lot better than the New York Jets receivers well yeah I mean that's the thing Is the guys are is that who is going to make a name for themselves who wants to step up and be the guy we talk about our Megatron, our Impact player. Well, there's no Impact players because no one is even putting a single sort of. They're not even putting the pact in, let alone the Im. No, Hill was doing well, wasn't he, before he got injured? I must. Submit, I season. must admit, yes, he did weeks. start to come out, and it was it was sort of sitting there going, "Hello, who's this guy here who's really starting to make a name for himself?" Because they haven't really got the predominant go-to man, and then literally, yeah, the injury bug sort of decided to rear its ugly head. Yep. But still. Are you telling me that you're just going to put Sanchez to this one guy? I mean, um, is it Dustin Keller, the tight end? Yes, it yeah, is. Dustin yeah, Dustin Keller had a great year. I'm pretty sure he last year was a, a very go-to guy. Solid receiver, great blocker. Um, where's he this year? No idea. No Exactly. There's something wrong, missing. and I'm not sure whether or not you put it on Sanchez's shoulders as much as you put it on Ryan's shoulders. Because of Ryan's decision-making and his... His decision-making. At the end of the day, it's the same way... Uh, Wayne Rooney's not scoring goals, are you going to fire Wayne Rooney or are you going to fire Alex Ferguson for not putting him in the right positions? You've got to look and see where the orders are coming down the chain of command. Are they coming down the right path? You know, Is is the message that he's trying to implement is Sanchez able to execute it? If he's not able to execute it you should be, pretty much stop that order right now. Start thinking of a new game plan. So the receivers potentially, it, I can see it
0: they're the only reason, they're the main change in that team from last year to this year. So, is it maybe more the receivers then, rather than Sanchez? Or are we saying it's all of them combined
1: together? I think that... Sanchez couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, or... I'm thinking, honestly, in my opinion, again, let us know if you disagree, or if you do agree. We'd love to get everyone's opinions really sort of get a melting pot here. It's a case of the entire offence needs to go back, right, we're mid-season... Okay, we're starting to go to the latter part of the season. We really, if we're going to change the plan now and find something that works, we need to do it ASAP. Yeah. So literally that entire offensive core needs to go back. Um, I think they've had their bye week already, haven't they? Yeah. The so in which haven't. case, you've got to work hard this week to think. They're coming up against St. Louis. They're going away again in the Dome. Weather conditions will not be a factor this week with the monsoon-like weather that, you know you had in Seattle, the noise won't be as much as as a problem, but at the same time, how are you going to work this, you're inside, air conditioned, you've not got any weather anomalies at all to to mess around with it, just simple, offensive, ABC, game plan, implement it, does this work, simple as. I mean, I think they're just going to keep, until they actually have that, hit that brick wall, I think Tebow is going to just sit on the bench. Yeah. So I think Rex Ryan will sit there and bang his head against the wall until literally it ain't moving. He has
0: no choice. It'll be his job or Tebow. Yeah. Yeah, so also I would just like to apologise. Last week I said I was going to try and put a poll on the uh, next to the podcast but unfortunately I had a few technical issues as you may have seen with both last week's podcast and with trying to get a poll online but... That all seems to have been recovered now, so I think we need to have another poll maybe for me to put up this week. Yeah, I'm going to combine what we talked about last week, I think, so the poll will include both coaches and quarterbacks, and we want to ask you who you think out of these five picks will be the first to lose their job, whether it be head coach or quarterback. Mm. Any thoughts on that yourself?
1: Well, recurring on yeah, from last so week.
0: Yeah, so whether it will be, it doesn't have to be which quarterback and then which coach, which coach or quarterback do you think is going to lose, gonna their, lose their, job their job first
1: i honestly think mr reed is is the first on the list on, andy on reed. the chopping block yeah andy reed of the philadelphia eagles I, I i do believe his neck is literally inches away from the blade
0: yeah although when vic got injured this week folds came in yeah. and i thought folds did a great job he was he had a quick release on the ball wasn't looking to do too much throwing it away if he needed to i know he did get intercepted but, and, and obviously the fumble at the end on the goal line but the interception firstly yeah the pass was slightly behind the receiver but it's not every day of the week the pass gets tipped, ricochets off another defender's knee and then gets picked off that
1: was that was pretty special and also when you're getting hit that hard from the blind
0: side it's not uncommon as a quarterback to fumble it so I think all yeah. in all I think the way he was trying to distribute the ball and Macklin became his favourite yes I mean when
1: he was... I mean, you looked at the production of, uh, of Macklin before that Guy done nothing all day, and literally Foles came out, sort of obviously established him as his go-to guy. I don't know whether in practice they've been working together more when when he comes. He in was and... just getting open, I think, from yeah. what I saw. Macklin just seemed to find a way to find the space in that well, yeah, defense. Yeah, it, it seemed because when Fick was in there in the first half, he predominantly used Selick and Jackson. Yeah, it seemed to be Selick and Jackson. Selick is a big target for uh, Fick oh, this year. Yeah, I mean, he's been. I think I've been impressed with Selick. I mean, we've had a few drop problems. But apart from those to work on, I think he's, he's made a massive improvement, sort of jumping up everyone's sort of um, sort of ranking list on the top NFL tight ends. So let's look ahead now to the
0: fixtures for week 11 and go to our swing Schwing of the week. Okay. Starting with your good self, sir.
1: Well, I am going to go NFC South and looking at Tampa Bay at Carolina. Now, the reason I'm looking at this is because um, when they met early in the year, we weren't really favouring either teams. Yeah. And now, Tampa Bay seem to have decided to magically find some form. Uh, Doug Martin's had a hell of a lot to do with that, I feel. Yes. Mr. Martin himself has just literally put himself out there for Rookie of the Year um, uh, massively. Guy wants the trophy, obviously. The way I see it is that there's a great offence here going up against... An average defense. I mean, we saw the way Peyton managed, managed to control the game. I'm. I like Josh Freeman. You can tell when the guy's got a bit of confidence behind him, what he can do. Yeah. Massively impressed with, you know, when things aren't going his way. I've seen it. We've all seen some highlights, some replays, and stuff like that where he's thrown his toys out the pram, and he definitely has um, issues with as he's getting flustered, like trying to catch up. Feeling the pressure, you see that the passes start to go a little bit astray, putting too much uh, on the ball, overthrowing, undershooting, stuff like that. But once he has control, once he's calm and collected, he's he's very very good quarterback in his fundamentals.
0: Yeah, it's not just Doug Martin as well. I feel a little bit harsh by just saying Doug Martin. Doug Martin is a big factor towards what's oh, happening certainly. in Tampa Bay, but. Jackson, Vincent Jackson is having another great year. The last four weeks, Mike Williams as well. It
1: seems to be really helping Freeman out with their production. The last yeah, few weeks. I mean, of course they've got uh, the, the other guy I saw this week Underwood. I can't remember his first name, but a guy guy by the last name of Underwood came in, got caught himself a touchdown. He caught about two or three passes, and literally, uh, he's a nice little slot receiver.
0: Yeah. So who are you thinking would win then? In your who favors your swing, or who's what, your swing favoring? Sorry.
1: What my thing is going that I'm, I'm not progressing um, unfortunately like I said what you call it? it was in last week's podcast that didn't quite get out that we were talking about how Cam Newton and literally needs to buck up his ideas and we saw again against Denver that he, he's struggling And I think it's going to be another week of struggles. Um, Though I do actually favour him to try and get a bit more production out of a Tampa defence compared to a Broncos defence. So therefore I'm going to go just slightly over towards the fact that I'm going to go for a swing to Tampa Bay to take this with a 70-30 swing. That's more than just a small swing. Well, it is more than just a small swing, but what I'm, the way I'm looking at it is that the run defense is poor for Carolina. I think Doug Martin will take this a lot on himself, and I think what we're going to look out for is probably um, an over-50-point game. Probably, I mean, you could even take, if Doug Martin has a really good game against that defense, is that you could probably see 60 points. But I'd say, looking around, again, the same sort of mark, again, sort of them getting between, sort of, 31 to that sort of 38 points for Tampa and about 17 to 21 for for Carolina. So I think it'll be a really good game. For neutrals, I think we're going to love it. It's going to be high scoring and I think throwing a couple of turnovers, maybe an interception on each side of the board. Yeah, and if you're looking for
0: another high scoring game, then I think you have to look at Thursday night's game between my Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. That's got high scoring written all over it with the way the defences are playing at the moment. Obviously, Fred Jackson will be out for the Bills, following the concussion, but as we've seen earlier in the year, when Jackson's fully out of the game, they do use Spiller, which they should have been doing a lot more anyway. I appreciate with that two decent backs, he's been rotating them two series each, two series for Jackson, two for Spiller, two for Jackson. But when you've got two great backs like that, why do you have to alternate series? Why can't you have them in the game at the same time? Why can't one be a slot receiver? Why, why can't one be your back? And alternate those, because they are our playmakers, pure and simple. You look at the yardage they've put up between them this year, and I think they need to be utilised a lot more. But, by the by, Spiller will have a great game, I think, against the Dolphins. Reggie Bush is going to have a field day, I think, as well. He tends to, he did last year, if memory serves, had an over 100 yards against us. So you could look for two 100-yard rushes in that game, Bush and Spiller points galore at the Ralph at night that's going to be a hell of an atmosphere there I know all the people I speak to on Twitter really looking forward to it it's a sell out crowd the Ralph will be rocking um, and one other game I think what, this week Baltimore-Pittsburgh that's the one I'm going to go for my swing of the week I think Baltimore-Pittsburgh because Ben Roethlisberger may now be out as well yeah. I'm not sure how long for after his injury last night so I'm looking at Baltimore to really tear Pittsburgh a new one I know it's in Heinz Field I know it's a Sunday night game but I'm thinking 80-20, Baltimore. I'm going to be that bold this week and say I think Baltimore are going to follow on from their destruction of Oakland, and without Ben Roethlisberger as well in particular, and with Dwyer just coming back from an injury, I'm looking at Baltimore really tearing Pittsburgh a
1: new one. Even with say like the the Pittsburgh defense where we saw when they came, Baltimore came against a really good defense in Houston and they got themselves torn a new one. You're you're then implementing that they'll go use the confidence of smashing Oakland to push themselves through
0: through Pittsburgh absolutely because i think although the Baltimore Ravens defense has got its injury problems i don't see that Pittsburgh offense being that productive i mean they only just scraped through Kansas they they put up 16 points against what is essentially a horrendous Kansas team they're 1 and 8 so far this year they've only beaten the Saints And that was when the Saints were at their worst because they were giving up 30, 40 points a game. Yeah, that's
1: all the suspensions back then. So I think,
0: yeah, I'm looking at Baltimore. There you go, they're going to do it. I'm thinking Baltimore, 45, Pittsburgh, 21. Well, there you go, guys. That's a big (laughs) swing of the week there. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I like to be bold. I may may get more eggs on my face next week, but... That's all right, we'll make an um omelet out of them. That's it. You you remember where you heard it first if it does happen. (laughs) So... I think that's about all we have time for this week. So remember, uh, you can get in touch by emailing us bullhawksnest at gmail dot com, email uh, sorry, tweeting me at Adrie Mallows, or leaving a comment or feedback on the blog, which is also be up alongside
1: the podcast. Absolutely, and and as we were, wasn't it last week we had our first ever question yeah, from, from uh, Lee Marshall, Edinburgh. Yep, absolutely, and uh, of course, unfortunately, we didn't get the podcast up on time. But again, guys, you get our get your your questions back into us within the week and we will definitely come and we'll answer some more absolutely not to
0: mention we will make sure there is that poll up alongside for you so look out for rex ryan to be on the list mark sanchez that's uncanny there's two jets (laughs)
1: lots for you this week so guys there's a lot for you to just get stuck into and enjoy
0: absolutely i hope you've enjoyed it and mark it's been a pleasure as always and Uh, i will speak to you soon